pronouns are definitely a topic of interest right now because there's a lot of confusion around them. So this is a great topic for today. Absolutely. The the amount of times, especially as a writer and as someone who, who avidly writes, I hear people just saying the wrongest things. It's just like, so I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to actually providing some clarity here. And it actually, in all honesty, has helped me in doing the research because now I have better understanding and clarity and I can make sure that I'm properly addressing people and giving them the respect that I, I want to give other people. I love that. Yes. So first I want to identify what actually a pronoun is, because I think that some people that aren't really versed well in the English language really don't have a definition of what a pronoun is. And then we can build from there. That is so fair. And yes, that, that sounds perfect. If you'd like to give the definition. Yeah. So pronouns are they're basically words used to refer to individuals without actually using their names. And they typically include he, him, she, her, and they, them. However, some individuals may identify with pronouns that do not fit within the traditional binary gender framework. And we call these the neo-pronouns. And neo-pronouns, they're, they're just pronoun sets, if you will, created to better represent those who do not identify with the traditional binary gender categories of the he, him, she, her designations. Yeah, so what's, what's so cool is there's actually seven gendered pronouns, like, all together in the English language. So it's the he, him, the she, her, the hers, his, and himself and herself. And those are considered, like, the gendered pronouns of the English language. Which I just, I don't know, even, like, as someone who's a writer, I didn't quite realize, like, how categorized that was, you know? Yeah, I understand how when you break it down and you start looking at how to compartmentalize, it definitely provides a structure and um, a, a deeper, you know, like I said earlier, deeper understanding of it. Absolutely. So pronoun usage is an important aspect of respecting and, and acknowledging the gender identities and expressions of the LGBTQ plus population. And that's pretty much why we are going to discuss certain, um, I would call them like key points today, so that we can not only be better ourselves. Um, and when I say we, I mean those of us that are in the LGBTQ plus community, but also provide some education for those who are advocates, allies, and then, and then out, right? Just so that people can be in the know and hopefully get on board with respecting and acknowledging the differences and expressions of the LGBTQ plus people. Absolutely. And what's so interesting is even though now there's so much discussion around they, them, and non-gendered pronouns, specifically when discussing LGBTQ individuals, the first instance of they as a singular pronoun dates all the way back to the 14th century from a French poem, which had nothing to do with being queer or understanding queer identity. It was a poem called William the Werewolf. So it was a, a, a gothic French poem about a werewolf that is the first known example of they as a singular pronoun. That's incredible. Thanks for sharing that. I actually, in my research, it said something about the exact origin of neo-pronouns um, being difficult to pinpoint. I guess you're talking about they, them, right? Not neo-pronouns specifically? Yes, yeah, specifically they, them. Neo-pronouns is very difficult to pinpoint. And also I feel like neo-pronouns just kind of needs like their own episode because of how vast 
neo pronouns are. Agreed. And we're totally going to do a separate episode for neo pronouns. Yeah, I just wanted to point out just because we were talking about the evolution of, of pronouns in general, that neo pronouns specifically, what I found is that people were inventing, right, new pronouns to better reflect their gender, gender identities for a long time. Like, and in the 1970s and 80s, particularly within the LGBTQ plus community, and, you know, they continue to evolve and, and gain recognition today. But I just thought that was interesting because I didn't even know that neo-pronouns were around in the 70s. I thought that they were something kind of newer, but they've been around for decades. And it's just that with the advent of the internet, we're able to have um, better dissemination of the information, right? Yeah, and even like on that topic of like how these pronouns, how these neo-pronouns and pronouns that go outside the typical gendered pronouns have existed for so long, even all the way back to the 1850s, we have records from newspapers of that time using pronouns like z, fi, er, u, ni for different articles about different people when they weren't sure of their gender or the gender just did not matter for the point of the article. They were just coming up with small sounds almost that could replace pronouns. And it's just so interesting how it dates back so far. Like we can see this from the very inceptions of language. Yeah, I love that. Neo-pronouns, they're also known as noun self or quote, invented pronouns. Oh, I love that. Invented pronouns, that's great. I say as someone who who dabbles with it, it's, as a pronoun, I, 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 I'm here for the neo-pronouns. I, I appreciate them very much. Me too. And the more I get acquainted with them, the more I respect them. Fair. So let's dive into um, just defining gen- gender identity, because I think there's some confusion in into what gender identity actually is. And so I wanted to just say that gender identity is a person's deeply held sense of their own gender. And that identification may or may not align with the sex assigned to them at birth. So some people may identify as transgender, meaning their gender identity differs from their assigned sex. Others may identify as non-binary or genderqueer or gender fluid or other gender identities that don't really fit within the binary concept of male or female. So that's how I would look at gender identity. Do you have anything to add or anything to change in that definition? Honestly, I think that's perfect. And I think that's where we can see the birth of a lot of these different non-gendered and neo-pronouns coming from is is this, this identity, these multiple identities that fall outside of the binary, even with like trans men and trans women, gendered pronouns, they can still feel comfortable with them, you know, but a lot of the times there are there are people that just don't connect with any of those pronouns. And you see this mass evolution of language coming from that even still to this day. And even with the gender identity, right, that's first determined that it dictates the pronoun choices that that person is uh, that is reflected by that person's identity, gender identity. Right. So, um, for example, he, him are pronouns used by individuals who identify as male. She, her are used by individuals who identify as female and they, them, they're used by non-binary, um, gender queer, gender fluid individuals and, and actually other individuals. 
Yeah, or even just gender non-conforming people, people who are okay with she, her, and and he, him, or or either or, but are also sometimes just androgynous and are would would feel more free flowing with a a less pinpointed pronoun, if you will. If that makes sense. Agreed, and totally, yeah. I found a quote from a linguist uh, named Dennis Barron. He uses a he, him, his pronouns, and. The way he talks about pronouns is just, I feel like it's very nuanced. And I don't know, I just, I, I reading his words, I was like, yeah, this, this makes sense. He said, uh, somebody coined pronouns because they felt something was missing from English, from, from English. Sorry, I am struggling to speak today. Words are hard. Yeah, they, they really are. And then he equates this with the adaption of they, them pronouns as a non-gendered single pronoun. As he says, few words made it into dictionaries. None of them achieved widespread use. One that seems to be filling the gap is the singular they. So he's saying, like, not even though so many of these non-gendered pronouns existed throughout the years, only a couple of them made it into dictionaries, and none of them really gained attraction like he, him, she, her. But they is filling a gap, just like when he, him, and she, her were invented, they were invented to fill a gap. I love that so much. Right? Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Of course. And then just another little really interesting, like, just language thing. Any who object to using they as a singular, because, like, I get it. It's difficult. It's hard to, you know, adjust. But if you're trying to say, like, it's grammatically incorrect, uh, Dennis would would shoot back by saying that you, the, the pronoun you, was a plural pronoun only up until the 17th century, which is after they was used as a singular pronoun for the first time. So they is known as a singular pronoun for longer than you. So, you know, maybe language just evolves and we need to just let it evolve. I agree. And as I'm listening to you talk about that, it reminds me, I'm, I'm thinking about when you're from New Jersey, we say use. We actually use a plural version of a singular pronoun, you. Mm -hmm. How are yous doing? And you can tell that you're from Jersey. Or even y'all. Exactly. <laughs> That's a good point. I think it's definitely important, you know, like we, we're, we're uncovering some things here. It's definitely important to note that the acceptance and usage of pronouns and neopronouns can vary by region, culture, community. And some people may be more familiar with them than others. And acceptance may differ, right, among individuals and in, in different linguistic communities. Oh, absolutely. But at the end of the day, language evolves because of how it is used. It is not the dictionary that decides how language evolves. It is humans that decide how the dictionary evolves in the way we speak. Even the definition of literally. The definition of literally is literally changing because of the way it's colloquially used. That doesn't mean people using it are stupid. It just means the definition is changing because that's how language works. And and with that, another thing to point out is respect and inclusivity, right? Using the correct pronouns is a sign of respect and acknowledgement of a person's gender identity. I think that misgendering or using the wrong pronouns for somebody can be really hurtful and invalidating. I say, and it's as simple as asking, like genuinely. I promise you people would rather you ask than assume because when you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. Yeah, definitely. If you are unsure about somebody's pronouns, it's perfectly acceptable 
to politely ask them what pronouns they prefer. With that, if you make a mistake and you use the wrong pronouns, just just simply correct yourself or apologize or you don't have to apologize. It's I think it's understood too that you're trying. Just don't make a big deal out of it. The effort is what matters. No, my least favorite thing is when people get pronouns wrong and then they just they rap about like it's it, it's almost like they throw a pity party for themselves about getting it wrong. And it's like, no, just move on. We, we, we can just move on. That's all you have to do. We don't have to ruminate. We can just move on and do better next time. I have a, a couple like stories or it's just one story, but there it's a couple different examples of when I first got into practice uh, as a chiropractor, a couple of different offices that I worked in, two in particular that the one I had a transgender patient that I didn't know was transitioning because I did not do the intake of his day one and it wasn't marked anywhere on the chart or in the notes or anything. So I had been treating him for a month. Fast forward 30, you know, 30 days into care. He says, by the way, I go by blank. I won't say his name just for protection. No, I'm sure that's appreciated. I was mortified because I was working and operating within the systems of that office. And when you're an employee and you don't determine the systems, your job is to function within them. But also as somebody in the LGBT plus community, knowing the very specific and unique needs of the community was struggling to be heard and have the systems change or at least advocate for the change. And we had another chiropractor on staff who was a gay male and you know brought in a lot of the lgbtq plus community this was just a mortifying moment but also taught me that when i open my own office next month i definitely am going to have systems already in place that ask people what their pronouns are gender identity up front so that we can negate that altogether and just make somebody feel heard from the onset of walking in the door so that's one one quick um story that i have i want to share another one if you don't mind i just wanted to give little snaps for that because that's incredible i love that that's a huge such a simple but amazing way to just extend a hand to the queer community and say i am here i hear you i'm on your side like it just adding a little area that says preferred name, preferred pronouns, it it is it opens a whole door. And that is it's so beautiful. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Um it's practice is getting really fun because of how things are evolving. It, yeah, there's more there's more to that. I want to share this other story real quick. So there's another practice um that I was working in and I was being let we'll say trained on the systems in this office. And I asked the question up front because I learned from the last office. I said, by the way, do you have any questions on the intake form that denote gender identity? And the chiropractor that was training me on systems said, no, I don't really care what their uh, gender identity is. I care more about their sex current day, like what they have basically between their legs is the language that was used so that I can properly put a gonadal shield on, on x-ray. A gonadal shield is basically, it protects your reproductive system from x-radiation. And while I understand wanting or having to know the sex for that reason, because as right. a chiropractor who takes x-rays, yes, that is a very important. But also, you have to meet people where they are and you have to respect them. And I believe that you don't even have to understand it. You don't have to agree with it. But I believe that all health professionals, if they're 
in practice to serve a community, to get people well, and they really they took an oath, and that is really what they intend to do. What's the problem? It's a, it's a, it's one more question. What's the problem? Like I don't understand what the problem is. So that's my second story. Just all to say that, and I and I and I actually want to elaborate a little bit on that story. So that happened. And then I had a patient come in who specifically reserved to come in and do their intake with me because I have a profile online in New York City that says that I provide a safe place for care for the LGBTQ plus community. So I had a patient come in and they identified with being non-binary. And I asked, I asked for pronouns in the, in the day one consult. And they were very, very appreciative and thankful. And at the end said to me, Thank you so much for asking. You made me feel seen and heard and and all the things. I just thought that was amazing. It was a post on Tumblr, I think, from like five years ago, something like that. And this person was talking about being in metal, in medical school. And someone had asked the professor, uh, what do you do if you don't agree with queer people's lifestyle and you have a queer patient? And the professor looked this person in the eyes and said, then get the fuck out of medicine. Don't be a doctor. If you can't let go of your own baggage at the door, don't be a doctor. It's that simple. Let someone else who can do that. Don't do not do it. Yeah, we took an oath. Yeah, like... First, do no harm. Exactly. You, you have a, a, a task at hand, and part of that task is making everyone that comes into that room feel like they are safe there and like they are heard. And, I mean fuck, they can barely do it with women. You know what I mean? Like just cis women doctors don't listen to all the time. Yep. There were those women who went through IVF with no pain medication because there was someone stealing the fentanyl and not a single woman was believed that they were in agony throughout the entire procedure. It was happening for like six months. Like, yeah, that, that gets, that gets me heated. But like, yeah, I hear you. We, we have a long way to go. Yeah. And it's one of those things where if you cannot treat every single patient completely and totally equally, the moment they walk through your door, don't be a fucking doctor. Exactly. All to say, I guess, just to recap, you know, ask people their pronouns, do your best to refer to them by their elected pronouns. Yes. And respect people, you know, apologize, ask, have the conversation, you know, don't be weird. Practice makes perfect also. You know, like if you, even if you need to like have fake conversations with yourself, like that's a big thing. Like stand in your room and like talk to a mirror and like just try to figure out how to use these in a sentence or in a conversation. Like even just that's a really like to have text conversations with your friends and be like, Hey, I'm trying to like practice how to use these pronouns. Can you maybe give me some some help? Yeah. And actually on that topic, before we close out, um, can you give an example? Because I know some of us that are very literary and very type A compartmentalized, very structured t- uh, personality types like myself, sometimes have a hard time using they as a singular pronoun, right? And I know we discussed it earlier, but it's just, it's ingrained, right? So you have a really great example that I think is awesome. Can you just share that just to give an example of how to use it? So my the easiest way of explaining this to people is you get a package delivered, right? Male person delivers a package to your front door. You didn't see them drop off the package. You have no idea who this post per- postal worker is. You've never met them before in your life. You say, hey, male person, they dropped off a package. It's one person. It's one male guy. 
but you don't know if they're a male guy or a male woman or just a male person or a male amalgamation, if you will. So you just, they, they dropped off a package. You do it literally all the time. If, if you start consciously thinking of all of the times in a day that you use they in the singular, even just in your own head, thinking about people as you're going through the day, you'll realize you use it all the time. It's all the time. You use it when gender doesn't matter. Even if you know the gender of a person, you'll use it if gender doesn't matter for the discussion you're having just naturally. Thanks for sharing that. Can you uh, share your fun fact with us? Uh, yes, another thing I will gladly share. So I am sure we are all aware of the uh, the product edible underwear. You know, we've all seen it. We've all giggled at it in a Spencer's. We all know. Well, did you know it was invented by a gay couple in the 70s? They made it as a gag gift with absolutely no intention of it ever being worn or eaten. But then sex shops, sex shops started selling it and they were like, oh, well, uh, guess it's too late now. And that's why they taste bad and they feel bad because they weren't supposed to be eaten or worn. Just laughed at. <laughs>